Catherine Coe, and that was Marvin Gaye with Sexual Healing, the perfect song to segue into our next guest. Um, I'm joined by, joined by Dr. Joy Choi, a sexuality and health counsellor in Hong Kong. She's with me here in the studio. Hi, Joy. Hi. Welcome. So tomorrow is National Coming Out Day, which is a day celebrated actually in the US. And it's supposed to be a day that recognises that coming out is really one of the most courageous steps uh, that an LGBTQ person can make. And it helps to counter bigotry, ignorance and fear. And we don't officially have the day in Hong Kong, but we are going to talk about coming out. But first, Joy, I want to talk a bit about you because you actually, your background is you're a trained obstetrician and gynecologist. And how have you now moved to be a sexuality and health counsellor? I think there is a, certainly uh, a need uh, in this part of society and community that uh, they need support because we suffer from a lot of uh, stresses, daily hassles, uh, acute events, uh, long-term events, and uh, people are not uh, no, having enough time and uh, mood and uh, emotions, and uh, perhaps even there was some with a history of some trauma in the past, not necessarily in the sense of abuse, but uh, more in the sense of uh, they wanted to say something, but they were inhibited. Mm. Uh, so the relationship between people, uh, um, um, particularly uh, just in an interrelationship and a harmonious relationship, and then of course, people do sexualize their problems and uh, the problem will be revealed in sex and they would uh, uh, come to me at, uh, with sexual problems. Right. Or they just sometimes want uh, communication with, with each other because uh, they don't want to upset the other person and so they would like to find a middle person and discuss it. They're still in a very good relationship, but there are things that they would like to improve to enhance the well-being of the relationship. So being, being a, a counsellor is very different from being a... Um just an obstetrician and gynecologist, isn't yes. it? Yes, um, being counsellor is is more to the heart, the feel, and uh, also is uh, we deal with a lot of psychotherapy. And I went to the University of Michigan and get trained in sexuality education, counselling and therapy. The education part is very important uh, um, from an early age uh, because the shape of the um, sexual problems uh, will be affected by the cultural, the social, right. And, uh, and most people just want a quick fix Six. for the biology side, but really uh, there's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, well, you know, there is a lot more talk these days about different gender identities and be gender being a spectrum, but still we very much live in a binary world. It's like it's a boy or a girl, man or woman, the everyday language that we use is, is geared towards one or the other, you know, of the majority. So what is it like for, say, for example, a gay man or a lesbian or a bisexual to, to live in that world and try to be themselves, who they feel they really are? I think being a scientist is uh, important that we don't just go by myths, but uh, the science and run science research studies that show that uh, certainly these minorities, okay, not that they're abnormal, they're just minorities. The majority of people are heterosexual and the minorities, we will be talking about up to probably 20%. And uh, so 80% are heterosexual, the rest can be fluid, can, can identify themselves as gay or lesbian or uh, 
they identify themselves as bisexual or they don't identify themselves as any category. They're just fluid. 20% is a lot, actually. All together is 20%. So one-fifth of the population. Yes, uh, probably up to 20% uh, are fluid. And even gay and uh, lesbian themselves can be fluid at different times of the life. So it's not just at one time they're gay, they're gay forever. They Mm. can be fluid. Okay, so... uh, and the truth is, uh, the studies show that uh, just like what we know about nature, nature likes diverse, diversity. Right. Uh, nature likes continuous spectrum. Nature likes waves, okay, so that moves continuously. You don't have one day that is windy and the other day is not windy. What we meant is one day is more windy than the other. So, uh, so but binary, however, is how our brain thinks categorization is a bit easier. Right. So we like to characterize and then subsequently leading to stereotyping and um, and uh, leading to discriminations of the minority. So given the way society is, it's not surprising that, that people will hide their gender identity if they're in that minority. But what kinds of problems does that lead to? Uh, it's, there is a clear studies to show that they are more likely to lead to isolation. Uh, depression is a lot higher. A lot have anxiety issues and suicide uh, attempts uh, and actual suicide is uh, four to ten times higher than the general population, particularly for teenagers. So that's very, yeah. very serious, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, um, so w- when, we come to, when we talk about coming out, you know, we, we see all these... Um, sometimes there are videos on the internet or stories that people tell you and it really is a difficult thing for someone to come out. What what usually triggers them to say, okay, I, I have to do it now, you know, I can't be hiding my, my gender identity anymore? Well, first of all, I think it comes with awareness. So they start to aware they're different. And that could come from anything from a, being a young child or a teenage or their suspicions. For the, the studies show that the male, the average is about 14 years old and the female is about 19 years old. Okay, so despite people mm. think females or girls are more mature than boys in terms of this awareness, it's not. And they are aware and then maybe they have expressed one time or two times and in front of the family and that has already led to oppression, discrimination or some even abuse or using names which for youngsters is extremely sensitive to them. And so first is awareness, then they start probably to find out about information. Nowadays with the internet it's more accessible and then eventually uh, there will be uh, a decision, usually they would uh, trusted with friend, uh, someone is secure, often it can be the mother, uh, but not directly, like the mother can make a hint, like I noticed something or, you know, it depends on how safe they are. And then um, introduce them to to, uh, social contacts that they can talk about, so they may search and find some, when they are older, like 16, 17, they may search and see if there's a gay bar or places where people meet and uh, and um, then afterwards they will decide to to come out or accept first their identity. Mm, okay. So they've got to accept themselves yes, first. Yes. And is that sometimes a difficult process? It's very difficult. And uh, acceptance takes a long time because usually it has to go start from denial. I see. And then information. And then they assess, they compare. It's comparison and then acceptance. And eventually they come out and they 
take the pride stage, and finally it's the synthesis and integration stage. So there's actually stages that you can identify yes. when someone is is thinking about this or going through this. Yes, and it's important they go through the stages, uh, hopefully with support and help. So let's talk about that support and help. How can families? I mean, you'd think that the family would be the first people they tell, and sometimes you see see and hear stories of a child who comes out to their usually their mother for some reason mm -hmm. and the mother says you know I knew all along I've known this since you were five years old or I've known this mm -hmm. since you're a baby mm -hmm. yes um, so because nowadays also we have awareness so parents also begin to look before they wouldn't even think about it. Now, from an early age, they start to wonder, hmm, is my child, can my child be gay? And this could be no expression of gayness at the, at the beginning, but they just begin to observe. So parents are also beginning to be more aware as the society become more open. Okay, and uh, some parents would go through themselves and actually it's often a discussion between parents. They say, well, I'm just wondering, imagining, and what if my child is gay, can I accept it? And usually the acceptance about, uh, among uh, female parents are much higher than male parents. And uh, male parents would therefore need why, why more is help. That? Why is that? Uh, I think they, um, perhaps it's the ego, perhaps it's a culture also, uh, Blaming the parents that if your children are gay, it's your fault, it's your fault you didn't talk them, teach them properly, or maybe even blaming them, it's because you had sex and let the children see it and therefore they become gay. Wow. So, you know, it's a self-blame, um, it's a lack of compassion for self, it's because we live in an oppressive society, you know, mm. there's someone who's uh, often trying to put blame on someone. Right. So if someone is brave enough to come out to their family, what can the family do to help support them? I mean, within the family, sometimes maybe, you know, people know, but there's so much possible judgment from relatives, for example, let alone friends and other uh, outsiders and co-workers. So what can the family do to help support them? I think the first thing that uh, people should remember in relationship is validation. The validation is extremely powerful to validate that I heard you, I am hearing your feelings and tell me more about the feelings and you may not be able to process it right now but you say that this is something new to me, uh, I'm going to take time to process but the most important is I love you. So concentrate on love and kindness and compassion is the basis of all solutions between relationships and uh, and then you can say well we'll work it out together we'll figure it out uh, uh, whatever difficulty you are but you know don't try to solve everything most people think of course if you can solve the uh, problem solution-based uh, uh, therapy is a uh, very um, supportive but uh, it's not to get a solution it's validation that I am with you mm. that I heard you I am listening let's talk about it again and when you listen really put away your cell phones listen to them have eye contact with them and you know if it's difficult for you then give your child a hug 
for the physical touch, for the oxytocin, the chemical, right. being a doctor myself, yeah. to, to release, to let the child feel the bonding and that you have solidarity between each other. You have love and love will conquer all. So that you, you can't necessarily solve all the problems and you can't really expect to solve them all in one day, one conversation, right? Yes, and sometimes parents do cry when they hear that first, you know, and sort of not necessarily you know, to need to suppress that emotion, just to express that I'm crying because I can imagine how difficult it is for you. And, you know, and the, the, and the present emotions that you have to face and the difficult path you have ahead. But right. I am standing with you. So validate your own emotions too. So the problem is in our society, we uh, are not currently very accepting men crying. And that's why yeah. men have more difficulties. Because they're not allowed to express. Exactly. They're not allowed to be upset. And, exactly. Yeah. So, but, you know, crying together and then validating their crying. You can frighten the child. Most people are, are worried about, well, if I cry, uh, well, maybe, well, how would the child respond? But you can also, you know, validate your own emotions of crying to because I'm concerned, because I feel empathy with you of uh, um, how difficult this is for you. So, of course, some of the difficulty comes in that um, out in the world, um, because they're a minority there is discrimination. There are, there's a legal system that doesn't necessarily recognize them in the way they want to be recognized. So that brings a lot of fear to um, not only to the, the person, but to their family as well, about how are you going to be able to live uh, you, you know, your authentic life in, in this environment, right? Yes, uh, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of social support that we can do, particularly in the community, in the schools and, um, I know, you know, the other thing is that, you know, the oppression from certain, uh, certain things also. I understand this unprecedented, unprecedented event in the studio where in the middle of my conversation with my guest, um, all the power went out. So we have, um, moved, physically moved to the studio next door. My lovely guest, Dr. Joy Choi, is still with me, and we have been talking about coming out here on the 123 show. So, we're going to continue our talk with Joy. Joy, sorry about that, no but problem. we can carry on. So, we were talking before about some of the challenges that people face when they come out, especially going out into society. What are some of the other risks that um, LGBT, LGBTQ people face? These minorities can face microaggression from everywhere including at the home at school relatives neighbors and even shopping they may get looks it could be non-verbal cues and uh, and also when they get depressed they start to have low self-esteem they start to avoid interpersonal social contact in order to avoid conflict and they become more isolated and they may turn to alcohol and substance abuse and so from that, they become even more a target for bullying, for abuse, for neglect, and family may even abandon them. Really? Mm -hmm. So I understand also that um, the suicide rate is very high among 
um, these minorities. Yes, the Samaritan lines, for example, uh, often uh, become the first hand help for them. And these are the people, the service is uh, very important for them because, and it does save uh, lives because there's, they are at risk of attempted suicide and real suicides. So how do we as a community really help um, the people in these sexual minorities? Because every now and then we do hear, um, you know, talk about tolerating, you know, more tolerance. Is, is that what we're supposed to be doing? I think the real correct right words should be inclusion. Okay, so tolerate is like, I can't stand you, but I won't stay anything. I put up with you being in the same room, but then your body language is going to be traumatic for that individual. But inclusion is different. Inclusion is you have a circle, I have a circle, we can overlap. But you don't have to fill up my whole circle. I have my other circles with uh, heterosexual friends. Uh, I have uh, or uh, cisgender, what we call people that identify with their own the gender they were given at birth. Okay, if you are transgender, you have difficulty, or the medical term is uh, uh, dysphoria, gender dysphoria. You are uncomfortable with the gender that's given to you. I include you. But if you need help, I support you to go and get professional help. I don't judge you yourself. Now, everyone judges somebody because the brain works, okay? But it's what you do with this judgment. This judgment, I feel, hmm, I notice or I'm aware he or she may be different, but I include them. So I think the education part should be inclusive of them. Mm, okay. Now, we do see in um, the private sector, for example, in some of the very big international companies, a move towards inclusivity. They will actually have a diversity officer whose job it is to make sure that if you want to come out at work, we will make it as, as seamless as possible for you, etc. But not every you know com workplace, it, one is willing to do that or two has the resources to do that. So how do we encourage that kind of thing? I think, for example, you know, Hong Kong can have the same LGBT day tomorrow, Pride Day, you know, have uh, Pride parades just as other places. And also uh, we can have uh, corporations, large corporations, successful corporations, Microsoft, Apple, you know, and in Hong Kong there are other uh, companies, Tencent, for example, one of the biggest companies can come out and say we use the word inclusions and be creative about it, you know, show the artistic side of these people, encourage art competitions and things like that. And go back to the basics, what we enjoy, art, music, uh, being with each other, having fun together, have a laugh. And I think that's uh, it, it, the different sexual orientation is not a disorder, right. it's not a it's disease. Not a disease right? yeah, it's, it's not, not a even sickness. abnormal, it's just a variant of us, it's the minority. So we just need to normalize the language and normalize the behavior and stop looking at them as a, as a different species or something Correct. like that. Treat it as a continuous spectrum. Okay, well, Joy, thank you so much for joining us. I apologize for the break in the middle no of our interview, but you handled it wonderfully. And um, thank you again. It's been great to talk to you on the 123 show.